Welcome to Printing Profits. A day in the life of an online store owner will look different for everyone. That's the beauty of it. Deciding where and when to work or how much effort you want to put in, it's all up to you. But aside from creating designs, publishing listings, and handling customer service, there's something else that truly successful merchants also do to maximize their profits. And for Dory Schmidt, those details mean knowing every nitty and gritty detail about trends. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Talish Suffer. For over a decade now, Dory Schmidt has been the owner of four separate Etsy stores. And in her first year, not only was she able to make $100,000 in sales, she also quit her nine to five job to become an Etsy seller full time. Later on, she started incorporating print-on-demand products into her stores and has also been coaching new Etsy store owners through her popular online courses. But it's her ability to spot a trend, create a product around it, and get people excited to buy it that's got me excited to talk to her today. Dory, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Talish. Thanks for having me. So being able to pick up and monetize a trend quickly is a skill that can take some time to get right. But once you do, the payoff can be pretty substantial. How do you approach, say, spotting a trend and deciding whether or not, whether or not it's viable to, to create any products around? Oh, I could go on for a while about that, actually. Well, <laughs> so I have a couple of tools that I use on my end, obviously, that help me spot trends. Um, things that are integrated uh, with Etsy that help me see like backend information uh, on what is trending. But one of the biggest ways to spot trends, honestly, is to look around, look around what what's in the stores, what people are wearing um, online, Pinterest, Google Trends, um, uh, you know, E-Rank. Obviously, a lot of people use things like E-Rank and the other platforms to actually get the backend data on what is being searched for on yeah. Etsy. Um, as far as trends go, though, I usually recommend that if you're selling print on demand specifically and you're selling, whether you're selling it on Shopify or you're selling it on um, Etsy, I typically will let, you know, my my students know like when they want um, information on how they can be better at spotting trends is what, once the trend, once they see it and it's already blown up, mm -hmm. um, they've kind of, in my, in my opinion, they've kind of missed the boat on it. So I they see. need to figure out, they need to figure out ways to spot the trend early on because typically by the time that you've seen it and it's saturated and you have bestsellers on Etsy and you have bestsellers here and there and there, um, that's the problem is that now they're already best selling. So you need to be prepared ahead of time and you need to be, you need to be, uh, designing and researching for at least three months ahead of time for trend to stay on top of trends. The other thing I want to say about trends is that unless it's a holiday trend, um, trends are alive a lot longer than people think. Hmm. People think when they find trends, they find a hot trend, um, whether doesn't matter where they find it, they think that a trend is only going to be about three or six months long. And yeah. the reality is that trends last years, <laughs> more like three years. So it depends on the trend, of course. But I would say those those are kind of my 
my top things that I tell students about trends. I mean, I understand having the research, you know, if, you, if you've done the data, if you've gotten the data from before, but I, I, I find this idea interesting that you're saying that it's like, all right, if I've already seen it, the trend is, uh, the trend is you know, halfway there, or it's, it's moving along. But I, I guess like on the one hand, you're saying, okay, keep an eye from trends, but if you do see it, it's already too late. So how do you know when it's just popping off that, okay, this could yeah. bubble into something? It's not that if you see it, it's it's already too late. Mm. But if you're going and you're seeing um, it's saturated on a particular platform, such as Etsy, if you're seeing it everywhere already and there's already proof that like everyone is buying it, yeah. um, it can just be harder to break through the trend when you're when you're not jumping on it beforehand. So if you want to take E-Rank specifically or any of the platforms that give you the data in the back end, yeah. You want to catch the keywords and you want to catch the trends um, before they explode. And those we have the capabilities to do that now with all these platforms that have the API um, information from directly from Etsy. Mm -hmm. They're purchasing the API information from them so that we can know ahead of time and forecast what the trends are going to be. So you want to look for things that have high search volume and low Etsy competition. And you want to make sure that before they get saturated and before they get high Etsy competition, you've already spotted the trend. Can you give me an example of a time where you spotted a trend that you didn't know was going to be a thing yet, but it ended up working out for you? A hundred percent. So um, I have three Etsy shops. I have a print on demand, I have digital products and I have a uh, jewelry. Mm -hmm. So what I love too about trends, a little side note about trends is that they can be cross, they can be, they can, how, how do you say it? They can go across multiple categories. Sure, so yeah. for instance, about two years ago, I remember the moment I was following another popular print on demand kind of guru and they were talking about trends and the trends for strawberries came out. Hmm. Um, the strawberries were like really, really trending, starting to really, really blow up. And at the time, I hadn't done any strawberry anything in my print-on-demand shop, but I used the strawberry trend to carry over into my jewelry shop. And wouldn't you know, it has been my best seller to date. <laughs> And it's something that I would never have carried in my or made or carried in my jewelry shop ever. Yeah. Um, but because I knew that, like right now, I mean, even still strawberries, mushrooms, daisies, the smiley, like all all the stuff that's trending, it trends across multiple categories. It doesn't just have to be print on demand. So I used what I knew and my expertise in finding early trends and I carried it over into my jewelry category. And like I said, literally for two years straight, it's been my number one selling item in my jewelry shop wow. because of strawberries. Would you say that one of the benefits of, you know, creating products around trends uh, is that the marketing kind of almost takes care of itself, you know, with all the attention around that trend, or is yeah. there something else that, you know, we should be doing when we're creating products to these trends, when it comes to marketing, uh, to make sure that we're actually picking up on all that attention? Well, a little bit of both. I, I, I never say to just sit back and let a trend like do all the work for you. But mm -hmm. if something is trending, you need to hop on it immediately because that's the whole reason it's trending. Every Whether you're on Instagram, TikTok, Etsy, Shopify, doesn't matter. When things are trending, that is when all of those platforms are going to push more of that 
what, whatever content you're creating around it, mm-hmm. it needs, it all needs to be trending. When it's trending, it's trending. So everything you need to be, all the content you need to be creating needs to be based around that trend. Um, and, and you, you, you can use a lot of other people's content hmm. using UGC, um, uh, user-generated content. I mean, UGC is one of the most powerful forms of marketing, even with content that you don't even have to create yourself because it's social proof that millions of other people are creating content right. um, with it or for this particular trend. And it just it just amplifies and solidifies the fact that you are promoting something that's trending by even using user generated content that furthermore <laughs> shows you that it's trending. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, does okay. it get, is it more competitive than to, to create products around trends or do you think it's easier to stick to those evergreen niches that people know work? What's more challenging? I, I think creating content for trending products is obviously easier because you can ride the trend, right? Mm-hmm. You can ride, if anything is trending, you're going to get more views, more searches, more sales, everything because it's trending. Now, it's trickier to create content and products possibly that are not trending yet because you kind of you kind of want to be the one, the spearhead for it though. You You need to learn how to do that, right? Definitely. I mean, on that same vein, then, you know, when it comes to marketing those trends, I mean, or those products based on those trends, because you've already said like, all right, the attention is out there. There's user generated content that you can take advantage of. But does that make it harder then for merchants to create products that stand out? You know, if so many people are already doing it, how do you approach your products with either the way that you design them or the way that you market them to, to make yourself stand out? Yeah. So I, I talk to students about this a lot and I do like one-on-one coaching calls with students and I dive deep in their shops. And one of the things that I see constantly is when I go to their print on demand shop, they have really cute designs. A lot of the times they're really trending designs. However, like you're, like you're saying, it's, it's designs that are now everywhere and that people can find everywhere and that they're seeing like constantly. It's this barrage of barrage of whatever that trend is. So I tell my students, I want you to take bits and pieces of the trends, try to dissect and research why they are doing well. It could be a saying, it could be a design element. It could be um, the color, you know, aesthetic of something. And you need to be two or three steps ahead And instead of creating another spooky shirt or another Halloween town shirt or another smiley shirt, whatever it is that you're already seeing all over, I want you to, I I tell my students one of the best things they can do is to do a ton of trend research, a ton of just research in general, because the larger your mental, that mental bank I was talking about of like knowing what trends are, knowing what's hot. Sometimes I will, sometimes when I'm coaching a student, I go to their shop and I'm like, I have unfortunate news. The unfortunate news is that you don't have a good handle on what is (laughs) trending and your designs are not in demand. That the number one problem I see with any product based business, especially print on demand is that you're create people are spending their time creating things that they like and that they think are pretty. Um, and they're not basing their product selection and their designs off of 
what people are actually searching for and buying. So I just tell, I personally, for my shop too, I look at, okay, if I want to create, if I, let's say I go to E-Rank and I get these hot keywords and it's, um, you know, I don't know, mushroom sweatshirt. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. I'm going to go to Etsy and I, or, you know, Google, whatever. I'm going to look on multiple different places and I'm going to look at what does this mushroom sweatshirt look like that everyone is like really crazy about? Is it kind of vintage and retro looking? Is it really bright and cheery? Is it more like strawberry shortcakey like vibes or what, what is it about it that is making it trend? And I try to create my own version of it because one of the biggest problems with Um, my students with print on demand where they get frustrated is that they go and they see these trending products and they go and they create a product that looks very similar to it. And then they're competing with a million other, you know, (laughs) um, products. So my advice is to build up your mental bank of trends and design elements and aesthetics and all the things that are trending and truly, truly try to find a way to make the design still within the trend, but look different than all the other things out there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it sounds like, you know, for a lot of people, when they start their stores, a majority of what they're doing is from what I hear, what they're doing is like, I got to get these listings created. I got to get these designs yeah. done and keep and, and just get products out there. But it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, the majority of your time aside from creating listings should be spent on really just finding that research, you know, finding that data. hundred percent. I love this topic. It gets me heated up. <laughs> One of the biggest things I teach is, um, research first. If you follow my TikTok page, you'll see so many times I'm like, guys, research first, then design. The, the other way to do this. Now, if you research first and then you design, here's what I, here's how I kind of, um, uh, help people vision it is like, you know, the whole saying about like throwing spaghetti against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you research first and you have the data to back up, um, the trends and the keywords and all of that, you have to throw a lot less spaghetti at the wall to <laughs> until you get the, the one that sticks, right? Yeah. Now, can you have success by testing a ton of different designs and keywords and aesthetics and all that stuff? Can you have success that way? Yeah, absolutely. You can have success that way. Um, you can You can find success in your own way. I find that it's less frustrating to do the research up front so that when you come to Etsy and you are designing your listings, you know for a fact that those designs are in demand. You know how to do the the tags and titles and the keywords right. and all of that to get them found. Otherwise, I feel like you will find yourself more frustrated because you'll be throwing a lot of spaghetti against the wall. Yep. You'll cre- you'll be creating a lot more designs. You'll have you'll be putting in a lot more effort. Um, and possibly not seeing the results from it if you don't do the design uh, or if you don't do the research upfront. For sure. We're talking about, we were talking about marketing a few seconds ago and you, and you talked about taking advantage of, you know, creating that content, finding user generated content. Um, when it comes to people marketing trends, what do you think is more effective? Is it creating that content? Is it paying ads? I mean, or paying for ads or Facebook ads? I know you're an Etsy user. So, you know, like having that daily ad budget, what's more effective, uh, when it comes to marketing a trend, which way of marketing is more effective? Well, 
I don't typically recommend throwing money on any type of advertising unless you already have proven results that people are finding and liking and buying your product organically. Um, Now, I do, I, there's other ways to think about this from, um, there's two perspectives to this. So on one hand, I tell students, I don't want you to throw any money on ads until you have proof that what you're selling and what you've created um, has actual demand and people are buying it. Um, then you're throwing fuel on the fire and you're you're all, and then you're putting money towards something you already know is selling and mm-hmm. you're putting it in front of more eyeballs. If you pay to put ads in front of more eyeballs on a product that is not in demand, it is not trending, it doesn't matter how much money or how many more eyeballs you get it in front of, it's not going to make it convert any better. It still has to be trending. It still has to be hot. It still has to be in demand. The other side of this is if you are a new um, Etsy, let's take Etsy for instance, if you're a new Etsy seller, um, I do have like a strategy where if you'd like to get more information back, more data back more quickly, if you're a brand new Etsy shop, if you don't mind throwing a little bit of money towards ads to get more views on your product, that will give you data back more quickly um, for you to know, do your designs hit home or do they not? Because you can either throw 50 bucks a month. Let's just throw something out there like 50 bucks a month toward Etsy ads and get that data back more quickly so that they can go look in their stats on, you know, in their dashboard and see, are people clicking on this? Are they viewing it? Are they clicking on it? Are they buying it? And what keywords are they finding it for? And that gives you data back more quickly so that you can pivot and maneuver more quickly in your business because would you rather spend zero in ads and go six months kind of not knowing, like not trying to gather like that data back? Yeah. Or would you rather spend 50, 100, maybe $200 in ads over the next couple of months and get that data back more quickly so that you can pivot and make the necessary changes to actually start making sales? So there's two different ways to look at it. Is the difference then that like if you're trying to get that data with content that the investment more is just time, you know, because you have to wait to yeah. see what the results are as opposed to getting that from ads. Yeah. When you're marketing, you're either marketing with time or money. Right. Uh, hands down. Whenever you have a business, you're marketing, you're, you're trading your, your time for either money or, or time. <laughs> so, um, if you don't have the money, then your time is what you have to give. And creating content is what you have to do to get in front of more of those people. If you're creating content on your print on demand products and it's not generating any um, comments, any engagement, any excitement, right. um, you need to yeah. <laughs> you need to start looking at why. Yeah. And sometimes with print on demand, well, with any business, sometimes it can be a hard pill to swallow. Um, but sometimes it's just because your designs are not good mm-hmm. and you don't have that mental uh, bank season you're not seasoned yet um some people that have a really good graphic design kind of so i went to school for interior design and graphic design i've been it my whole life so mm-hmm. i have a little head start when it comes to that i have a natural knack for design um does that mean that everything i create sells like hotcakes no absolutely not right um but I have a head start from someone who has zero clue how to use Canva or Photoshop or, you know, all that stuff. And they don't have any 
design background. Um, but I've spent years now studying trends. So I have a season. It's like se- literally seasoning a cast iron skillet. Like it tastes better. <laughs> when, you know, you yeah. got to season it. You got to season your your mind to learn the designs and the trends too. And it just is not something that can happen overnight. It just takes time and dedication. Well, you've been at it for some time. I mean, a decade running an Etsy yeah. store. But um, you also have coached new Etsy sellers on how to start their profitable print-on-demand businesses. What is the most common fixable concern that you hear from your students who are really trying to get that momentum with their stores? Like, what's the thing people complain about to you the most often? Oh, I can't say that there's one thing. So I'm just going to throw some of like a couple of things that come to mind every time I'm up in a student shop. Um, First and foremost, if their designs are good. So if their designs are bad, that's the biggest thing, right? And I hate to say like, oh, their designs are bad, but the biggest thing is when they just, again, like I said before, are creating things that they like, Mm -hmm. um, and there's no, there's no proof of demand, um, whatsoever. Um, they just create things that they think look good and that appeal to them or for whatever reason, but they have no proof to back it up. That is probably number one. Um, other than that, it's usually simple tweaks, like their mock-ups need work, um, they have mock-ups that just don't, um, generate any emotional connection with the mm-hmm. buyer. They might just have like a plain white background versus like being on one of the models or something like that. Um, a lot of the times it's, uh, their, their mock-ups are simply too far away. They have to remember that people are uh, shopping on mobile. 90% of the time people are shopping on their mobile right. phone. Yeah. So I tell my students, Go to your shop, go to your own shop on your own phone. And I want you to look at your shop as a buyer, mm-hmm. not, not yourself. Get out of your buyer head. Um, sorry, get out of your seller head and put on in your buyer's shoes and look, do your product stand against all the other bestsellers on the front page of Etsy? <laughs> Can you read what's on your shirt? Can you like, does it look good? Yeah. Does it stand out to you? Stuff like that. Um, and the third biggest thing is the titles. If we're speaking about Etsy specifically, which yeah. I know most of the people you know listening to this are going to be Etsy sellers, uh, Etsy and Shopify. But really, the you know it it carries across regardless if you if you sell on Shopify or Etsy, your keywords and your tags and all of that are super super relevant. And one of the biggest mistakes I see are people using um, like descriptive words that their customers would not be searching in the Etsy search bar. Yeah. For instance, if they had like a shirt with a quote on it, they're a lot of the times using the quote as their descriptor of their title in Etsy and nobody is searching that. (laughs) Nobody. Yeah. So um, there's very few instances where an actual phrase is so, um, is so searched for that it's actually a benefit to use it in your title. Your first few words of your Etsy title are the most um, valuable real estate on Etsy. So my my um, advice is to really hone down and find out those keywords that people are searching for, and learn how to construct a very uh, a very good title and tags and keywords for 
for what you're selling. Um, before I let you go here, I mean, we talked a lot about trends today and uh, because you're the trend master, is there something that's bubbling out there that you've kind of, you're, you're kind of curious about that you think might turn into something in, in a couple months or in a year or so? Oh, that's a good question. Oh man. Um, I will say that the trends that are still going very, very strong are the retro aesthetic trends. I don't think that they're going anywhere. So I will say that I would look for ways to expand on the retro aesthetic, the vintage, um, the distressed look, I think is getting even more popular. We've already seen it happen with comfort colors. Um, I personally am obsessed with mineral wash. Um, I love uh, all the vintage textures and looks, and I think that is going absolutely nowhere. Um, uh, one, another good trick that I tell students is to sign up for all the email lists of stores that have things that, um, uh, are the same things that your own customer would be into, right? Mm. Like, so say, say you have an Etsy shop that sells very like anthropology type feel, or, you know, maybe it's pottery barn, whatever you, you should, as a consumer and as a, you know, researcher for your own category, you should sign up for all of their email lists and let them market to you because what they, they have some of the top marketing trend experts already out there a year ahead of time, spotting trends. So work smarter, not harder. You don't Definitely. necessarily have to be the one doing that. Let the stores and the other retail stores show you what is coming up and what's in trend. Um, and sign up for their email list and look, pay attention to what they are marketing because that is usually a very good indication of what's about to really, really blow up next. Love it. Dory, lots of actionable tips today. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Talish. I appreciate you having me. This is Printing Profits. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Dory for sharing her story with us today and at the same time introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer, Laura Gelvite, Associate producer, Anita Njoki. Technical and video production, Emils Yasuns and Valerius Olechno. Sound production, Christos Hartmanis. And I'm Talish Suffer. See you next time. <laughs>